what radio have been doing the last number of years um, is even though they're saying, oh, yeah, we put women on the playlist, they're playing them at nighttime. So they're playing them in the graveyard shift between 12 and 6 a.m., 12 at midnight to 6 a.m. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. But they think that's OK because you still get the same royalty payments. Um right your song is played at one in the day or one in the morning. So they're like, oh, but like, you know, the royalties are still the same, but you're not getting out. If Dermot Kennedy was played at from 12 o'clock at night at six in the morning, nobody would know who Dermot Kennedy was. Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr. Thank you so much for listening as always. A little bit later on, we're going to have our GWG recommends. So at the end of the show, this week, it's the latest book from Louise O'Neill, After the Silence, which was just published last week. I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed this book. I also don't want to give away too many spoilers because you need to go out, support your local bookshop if you can, and buy this. If you're obsessed with true crime documentaries, Netflix, a little bit of virgin suicides thrown in it's just it's just perfect it's a fantastic uh, piece of literature so please do go out but we're going to talk about that a little bit more at the end of the show so a new report on gender disparity has shown that for many of the top radio stations across Ireland female artists are not played nearly as much as male artists on heavy rotation playlists in fact some stations haven't been playing them at all so according to this report which was commissioned by Why Not Her that's a campaign set up to amplify the voice of Irish women who create music in Ireland. Some stations, including 98FM, Today FM and Spin Southwest, had 10% or less female musicians in their top 20 artists between June 2019 to 2020. Others, such as FM 104 and LMFM, had zero. So how come these numbers are so skewed and why aren't up and coming female artists, of which there are so many, being played at the same rate as their male counterparts? Now a little bit later on I'm going to be talking to Shauna Watson. She's the woman behind the We've Only Just Begun Festival. They've also just started an online directory for female and non-binary artists. So we'll catch up with Shauna in a little while. But first I caught up with Linda Coogan, co-founder of the Why Not Her campaign. She's a music peer of over 15 years of late and since that report has come out some of those radio stations have changed but not all of them so take a listen So Linda, thank you so much for coming on the show. We actually, we ran a piece on site there during the week. You spoke with our deputy editor, Jade Hayden. One of the key things that really jumped out at me was that you said radio would rather support male acts, a lot of whom aren't even on the rise. And I mean, just to get down to the nitty gritty, first off, where is this logic coming from? That is a very good question. I mean, you know, with, with the the disparity report uh, that was published on the 24th of June, the whole kind of precipice, what, what led to that was, you know, working for over a decade in radio plugging and just kind of seeing the disparities and seeing the amount of radio stations that, you know, would come back to a PR. And I'm sure many people that work in PR that might be listening in will agree with this, that they say, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to playlist that, that act and you see that they're put on a playlist, but they're not being played. They're they're put onto a graveyard shift or they're not getting the amount of airtime that a male um, equivalent band or act are going to get. And that really stood out a lot. Like, you know, even in like I've, I've label managed for, for Cook and Vinyl, which is one of the biggest labels in the world, like, mm-hmm. you know, in, indie labels. And I've worked with Warner Music. I've worked with, you know, a lot of big um, acts and, and bands and it's constantly been an issue and, and a blatant disparity to see 
you know, male acts and, and female acts and men get male, men getting the preferential treatment um, on radio, you know, and, and it doesn't happen in press. Like, I don't see that happens in other kind of formats. Mm. And it was something that I just really kind of struck to me and said, look, you know, over COVID, it's something that I had time to work on properly. I started it last year and I said, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. And again, with the what you said there, why is it or, or what, what has led radio to be like that? That's a question that I would love to be to be answered, you know, I mean, there's no written um, legislation in Ireland in terms of broadcast licenses that actually stipulate that radio must play uh, 50% equality or yeah. even landing near diverse uh, diversity and equality. So that's something that really needs to be addressed. And that's kind of what led us to the Why Not Work campaign, because we spoke to a lot of, you know, um, people that are behind the scenes in broadcasting and in broadcasting licensing, such as the BAI and and Women on Air, Margaret Awards has been amazing. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's just a, a, a it was a common occurrence where people said, you know, it's not in legislation, you know, and, and you, you know, you look to the government and see what they can do. So that's what we're kind of working on with the Why Not Work campaign is to try and seek a legislative change where we can be, you know, we start including women on the airwaves where it's kind of and it's not it's it's not the sense of going, oh, you know, whether whether someone's good or, or not, because a lot of people are kind of saying, oh, if the quality of music is there, they're going to be played. That's simply not oh, the case. That frustrates really, me. Yeah. Yeah. On that point, I feel like this is a deeper issue than just, you know, the facts of it. I mean, I've, I, I know that the report also compared the airtime of two of the breakthrough acts in Ireland, one of them, Dermot Kennedy, who you just mentioned, who obviously, you know, the whole country is really proud of how well he's been doing, but also Soleil as well. And I, I feel like the, the disparity in that, it's it's. It's more about exposure, isn't it? Because everything yeah. that you were just saying there about Orla, you know, and, and Wild Youth, I do. Mm. And I like Wild Youth. Like, I think that they're fantastic. But there is a certain amount of who is making the decisions about what acts are being rammed down the throats of the public and, and yeah. what acts aren't. And I feel like the problem that I have with this whole thing is that once again, you know, women and female members of the music industry, another industry, have to have a campaign to get yeah. equality. And it's just like, yeah. how many goddamn campaigns are we going to have? And I think you going the legislative route is actually the only way that we can attain that fairness because it just doesn't seem to be getting through to the people who are making the decisions. And I used to work in radio and I haven't worked in radio in a long time, but I can tell yeah. you the people from my own experience who are making these calls are men. And they that's, that's just white it. Men, predominantly white men, you know, um, and, and that's a real big issue as well, because if you look at, I mean, you just mentioned Dermot Kennedy and, and Soleil was the, was considered the biggest female breakthrough act in yeah. the last year. So let's just do a, a breakdown of, of the, the difference between the male breakthrough act and the female breakthrough act. So from June, from the period of June 2019 to June 2020, Dermot Kennedy and Soleil are considered the two biggest breakthrough Irish artists across radio. Mm-hmm. So Dermot Kennedy has over 80% more radio impacts, which is the listeners reached um, across Irish radio in comparison to Soleil, who has 20.9%. So Soleil means- is still considered underground. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing yeah. that's also more offensive about it, is that Soleil is still considered up and coming, uh, you know, breakthrough, yeah. when realistically, uh, a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I know in the media yeah. industry are ridiculously obsessed with her. She would sell out anywhere. And yet, she's not getting that airtime, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and you have to kind of... You have to look at, at, at like a lot of stations in Ireland and, and, and people are going to be like, oh, she did not just say this. But there's a lot of virtue signaling going on. There's a lot of tokenistic 
um, allocations on on across media with the black community and people of color yeah. with, in the Irish music industry. You know, they they look at okay, we have to pick one 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 artist of color. You know, we'll pick you know Soleil. Let's say that Soleil. Like that's we had Loa last year. Let's pick Soleil this year. And you know, this why can't they just you know embrace what's out there? I mean, you have Soleil, you have Erica Cody, you have all these amazing, you have Zali, you have I mean Faye, that you've so many incredible, uh, diverse, uh, multicultural Irish artists that mm. are absolutely killing it even on an international scene but yeah ireland doesn't know what to do with it. irish radio were like oh what do we do here like you know yeah. we can just we'll, we'll 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 pick one and we'll run with that you know but but it's just it's it is no- and it's infuriating as well and I, I think you know presumably off the back of this report you know i, I saw as well that in the last couple of weeks uh 2fm have announced that they'll be increasing their gender parity on heavy rotation playlists from 10 percent to 45 percent, which is a massive <laughs> increase and you know you know, obviously you can't say that that isn't reactive. It's clearly yeah. a reactionary move. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, you do see some stations really move towards, you know, even getting more female DJs on air, you know, the, the likes of Tara Stewart and stuff like she, her home is yeah. RTE now. And so that's really good mm-hmm. to see. But at the same time, you know, you, you worry about whether or not this is simply a reactionary move and whether or not it's actually tokenism like you said or whether or not we're going to see and reap the benefits off that in the coming months I suppose we're just going to have to wait and see right yeah absolutely I mean we just put out on why not more this morning the update on the overall the the 27 stations that were featured in the report okay and you just mentioned like 2FM are up 35% to 45 so they're nearly at gender parity Uh, spin 103.8 and spin southwest are considerably up as well they're up to, to from they're up 35% to 45% as well. It's amazing. Gavin Ward is wonderful yeah. in there. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, Beat are up with 25% to 30%. That's brilliant. Nile Power, like fair play to them. You know, uh, 98FM are up 15% to 25 Yeah. Cork Red FM are up 25% to 30%. But then you see the likes of FM 104 who have zero, zero percent women in their top most heavy rotated playlist. It's just mad five, that they're not even doing something. Five years that has been the case. That's they right. have not changed. They will not, you know, they're, they're just like, you know, I mean, Margaret Nelson is the uh, CEO of uh, FM 104. Uh, Dave is the, uh, Dave and Mark are the head of music. They don't return my calls. They don't return my messages. You know, it's, yeah. they just don't, they don't have to respond because they, they don't, probably don't want it, but they really, there's no, there's no legislation. There's nothing in place that they should and they have to. And that's why they don't, they don't bother because they're like, you know what, we can do what we want here. We're going to keep continuing to play white, homogenized, <laughs> um, you know, same sounding music on the radio station. And they're dictating the culture of the capital because these are stations that are, you know, a lot of people listen to FM 104, you know, yeah. FM 104, 98 and Spin. And that's why we're so happy that Spin and 98 are on the rise, you know, because it's just wonderful. But, you know, you see like FM 104, Today FM are 5%. They haven't responded either. They have not got, they just have not returned anything that I've sent to them. Yeah. Um, so it's really troubling, you know. You have Southeast Radio at 0% as well. Um, 
you know, it's 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 just bad. You know, Claire FM five percent, Tip FM five percent. So does. I think that, yeah, I mean, I think the thing is about, you know, like naming stations and and stuff like that and kind of going really in on the stats behind this. This is something that, you know, there's there's nothing disingenuous about calling out these names because this is based and rooted in fact. And this is why they're probably, Linda, not returning your calls, because, you know, there's there's not very many ways that you can, you know, explain why this is what it is on their rotation playlist and the thing is you know I think a lot of the times when it comes to issues like this we look to our history you know like we look to the past and excuses are made about well well you know like men have dominated the music industry for generations and that's just kind of how how it goes and then you look at you know the women in harmony group and you look at the fact that if you all you have to do is look at that video and see the quality and the the standard of what of the talent that's here in Ireland at the moment when it comes to females in the music industry industry and you know I mean I, I don't have the stats offhand here but that did incredibly well you know and, yeah. I, and I'm just a, I'm a bit kind of like for those stations I, who haven't returned your calls and who haven't you know I mean we're going to write an editorial about this next week as well and I feel like you know there's nowhere for them for them to hide but I do want to ask Linda you know in terms of um, the kind of going down the, the legislation route where are you um, when it comes to that like what kind of have you reached out to anybody in government like what what um, what's your plan when it comes to that? We've reached out to Catherine Martin and um We've reached out to uh, the president um, and he has been amazing. He, he he responded to us straight away. He congratulated us on the report and he has said, look, he'll he'll do whatever he can. But oh, I love he, that man. He, he's just wonderful, you know, yeah. but he just said he will speak on our behalf in to, to uh, the powers that be. But he, obviously, you know, he can't take it on board himself and run with it because he, he's not running the show, you know, of course. It, it's still whoever is in government. So we're really really, really relying on the ministers and the TDs to kind of take this. I mean, obviously, September the 15th, we're going to, we have a, a load of volunteers that have come forward for the, to the Why Not Her campaign. We have absolutely loads ready to go to press send on letters that they have written already um, to the ministers and to the TDs. And, you know, it's it's about getting more women and, and indeed men, I mean, you know, together t- towards, you know, enacting this change and voicing uh, their their views and their disdain because, and it's okay to be annoyed. Yeah. I mean, women have been muted off the radio waves for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have not seen a breakthrough artist to the equivalent of Sinead O'Connor or the Cranberries since Sinead O'Connor and the Cranberries. Yeah. You know, so that's a really, really big issue. You know, I mean, I just did the um, a UK report with a colleague of mine, Nadia, of Women in Control and Within the first day of publishing the report in the UK, Bauer Media and BBC responded day one on the day of publishing. The Guardian ran the exclusive and it's since been seen by over 30 million people. And we have literally in the first day we had Bauer, who are a huge conglomerate radio station to own loads and loads of radio stations in the UK and BBC, obviously the, the main station. And they said, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to move towards gender parity. This is, you know, this is really important data. And, and we, we acknowledge that, you know, we can do better. Yeah. Just like that, you know, uh, uh, you go back to Ireland and it's like tumbleweed, you know, nobody wants to say anything. Nobody wants to raise their hand. And, yeah. and while 2FM and and Spin and Spin South West and, and a few of the others that have started to, to move towards parity, none of them made a public statement. You know, we have been gathering uh, data, you know, because I said, look, and I've, I've been in touch with them and I've urged them to speak publicly about it. 
but they haven't publicly uh, made a statement. So we have released uh, press releases to say from our stats because we have we have access to continual data and we're we're updating the the general public and people that are following the campaign on the increase in airtime allocation to to women. But they 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 didn't publicly say, oh yeah, we're going to change. They did it behind the scenes as yeah. a reaction. So that also has to be kind of like, why why, why didn't they just put up their hands and go, you know what, you're right, let, let's do this. Because, I, again, I, I spoke to all of them. I'm, I'm a radio plugger for over 15 years. I know them all very well. Yeah. Um, so I spoke to Adam Fogarty in 2FM. I've spoken to Gav in, in 98FM in Spain. And, you know, they were, you know, very good, cool. And I said, look, would you not just speak about this openly and, and make a statement? But they didn't want to do that. But but they instead they went back to, you know, their teams. And obviously they upped the ante. Like they're, they're almost at gender parity, which is wonderful. And we're yeah. so appreciative. But again, it's about not being too shy to talk about this. Because, I mean, it is an issue. It's a, it's a massive issue. It's a cultural issue. You know, you look at the mental uh, mental health um, system in Ireland. And, and if you look at even the systemic issues that arise in, in the creative community, you know, the, the, the IMRO just launched that Creative Minds um, an initiative. And it's brilliant because it helps people that are struggling within the community of, 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 you know, musicians and artists and producers and those affected by COVID. But if you look at those that were affected, you know, it's if you then... T- take away all the, the male equivalents you know you look at the women and, and you're talking about like covid is, has been terrible for all musicians but women weren't getting a slice of the pie anyway so it's yeah. even worse for the women that weren't so you really have to kind of look at how it's affected the culture of creative women in ireland for the last decade in case anybody is listening here who doesn't understand the ins and outs of say you know airtime or uh playlists and and heavy rotation and stuff like that. You know, you Mm. said that a few of the stations did it and did it efficiently and actually did it quite quickly, but they did it kind of behind the scenes. How Mm. how easy is it to make this change? So simple. I mean, it's like all they have to do. So each week a radio station has a playlist. And the playlist is dictates who is what type of songs, what artists are played on the radio on heavy rotation within a week. It's usually every week or two that it's updated and changed because you have different releases from different, obviously, record labels and then different independent bodies and different yeah. bands and artists. So it's it's typically week by week that the playlist would change. And when you're when you're put on a playlist, the whole uh, wow factor of being chosen to be put on a playlist is that you're allocated airtime. But what radio have been doing the last number of years um, is even though they're saying, oh, yeah, we put women on the playlist, they're playing them at nighttime. So they're playing them in the graveyard shift between 12 and 6 a.m., 12 at midnight to 6 a.m. Sneaky, sneaky. Oh, yeah, totally. But they think that's okay because you still get the same royalty payments. um, Your song is played at one in the day or one in the morning. So they're like, oh, but like, you know, the royalties are still the same, but you're not getting out. If Dermot Kennedy was played from 12 o'clock, Tonight at six in the morning, nobody would know who Dermot Kennedy was. But yeah. Dermot Kennedy's been played at the prime time, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, in the evening. He's been Snacks, playing all- elevensies, yeah. dessert. <laughs> totally, you know. So there's a huge thing. So, I mean, again, like Dermot Kennedy's 80% more impact than Soleil. That means 80% more airtime listeners reached, 80% more exposure, 80% more opportunities to achieve international success. And 80% more chances of selling tickets to go to shows, which is everything that he's done. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're just starting to look at overseas, like, you know, um, and some of the stats even from America, like, you know, Dermot Kennedy's starting to be played off the air over there. So you're talking about in the space of one year of radio back in one Irish band that he has gone from playing in Grafton Street, Buskin, where everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's a good old voice to being playlisted off the air, signed to a major label. 
and then you know selling out European tours to now being played on the biggest radio stations in America. So it I matters. Mean, it, so it matters. There's a responsibility there for for Irish radio stations to back our artists and not yeah. just the males. Like that's pretty much it, you know. Oh, totally. And if you look at Ruth Ann, like you know, you mentioned the Irish Women in Harmony, who are actually going to be on the Late Late Show. Um, yeah, on the, 4th, the 4th, on the Friday. Yeah, by the time this goes out, it will it will have already been out. But we we talked about oh. it. We love. We interviewed Ruth Ann Cunningham. Um, I was actually random claim to fame. I was in Billy Barry's with Ruth Ann back oh. in the day. She's been on the show. We're massive fans of her here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like three, three billion streams on Spotify for her songs. Three billion. You know, she's written for John Legend for. You know, Britney Spears for One Direction, Niall Horan, BB Rexa. I mean, you know, the it list just goes, goes on. Yeah, she's unbelievable. And she's brilliant. And her voice, her own music is just incredible, you know, and, and she's never been heavily playlisted on an Irish radio station. You know, why is this? And then some people, it's so funny because we're getting so many trolls as well. You know yourself when you put something out, you're, you're opening up a, a whole big can of worms. But a lot of a lot of kind of, you know trolls are saying oh you know because like women don't write songs as good as men and you know and i'm like well rudan wrote most of the biggest absolutely men. you know you know that country song by miley cyrus that you've been dancing to for the last 15 years yeah. Ruth Ann cunningham wrote it so <laughs> this is it this is it <laughs> but they don't know that that's the thing but linda i think you know what you're doing and what the campaign is doing is is so important like i said at the beginning of this chat it's unfortunate that we need to have it but it's crucial that we do i just want to ask you know um for anybody who's listening where can they go to get more information and also if they want to help out and volunteer and just kind of like keep the memento going with this yeah i mean we have um we've put together a website which is why and we have all resources there. If anyone wants to volunteer, we have um, GoFundMe approached us and they wanted to run a national campaign because they wanted to raise money towards hiring a legal team to change, uh, to try and enact change with the legislative hmm. uh, system in Ireland. So we have a GoFundMe page as well if anyone wants to make a donation. I know it's really hard times during COVID. So whatever anyone, you know, from a euro to 10 euro, whatever it is, it, everything, every little penny helps like so um, so they're the, they're the two places. So you can either make a donation go fund me or else uh, whynothor.net and all the social media handles are whynothor, uh, I-R-E. Brilliant. And I've, I'm going to put everything into the uh, below description box as well so people can go and check it out. And Linda, a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. And look, we'll, we'll do the best that we can here at her to amplify this and uh, hopefully get the story out there as, as much as we can. So we appreciate you talking to us today. Fantastic. I really appreciate it as well. Thanks a million. So big thank you to Linda Coogan there. So uh, my next guest is Shauna Watson of the We've Only Just Begun Festival, which unfortunately was postponed in 2020 due to COVID. Um, What they have done recently, though, is that they've created a directory of over 600 females and non-binary musicians, bands and DJs in Ireland. So I I saw this um, on Instagram recently. A friend of mine, Alice Kiernan, who used to work with us here, but who has moved on, was posting about it. And I just thought it was it was fantastic. Fantastic. So, Shauna, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Firstly, we're so happy to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be on. Of course. Um, before we kind of get into the directory and, and talk about it, just for anybody who doesn't know, can you give us a little bit of history behind the We've Only Just Begun Festival first? Sure. Um, so We've Only Just Begun Festival started in 2018. We had our first year then. Um, and it's basically a music festival that 
Um, we, we have it in Whelan's in Dublin across an entire weekend in August. Um, so it would have been our third year this year before we had to unfortunately postpone, along with the entire live music industry. I know. Um, Such I a know, shame. Were you so, were you so, so devastated? devastated? Like, I'm sure you were absolutely, what a silly question. I'm sure you were devastated. But I mean, when you got to that kind of moment of, you know, mm-hmm. fully postponing it, that must have been so hard. Do you know, it was hard. Um, but I think that, because our festival is a smaller festival, we don't rely on a lot of infrastructure. A lot of festivals had postponed like long before we kind of made the decision. So it was kind of like a gradual, you're building yourself up, it's probably going to be postponed. And then by the time we actually did um, make the decision, we had already decided that we were going to work on this directory project almost in lieu of the festival. So it was like, you know, yeah, we're not going to be able to do a live show. And that was pretty devastating. But there's massive, like huge things going on in the world. So you kind of put it into perspective of things that people have lost in comparison. So, I mean, it was, yeah, it it was tough, but like everybody has their own stuff that they're losing at the moment. So really fair. Yeah, really fair. And the the whole perspective thing, obviously, I think, you know, everybody needs to, to take that into consideration as well but I kind of cut across you then when we were actually talking about what we've only just begun is because that obviously goes hand in hand with the directory so tell us a bit about it Shauna. Yeah well um, I mean the premise of we've only just begun festival is um, at its core it's a female fronted um, all women kind of fronted lineup on the festival but the one thing and the most important thing to us is that it's not gendered or it's not promoted as a female festival so while I'm telling you now that it's this is what it's about you won't see on any of the promotional materials or you know any of the social media like posters for the festivals you know there's there's no kind of mention or there's no it's not a selling point for the festival and that's one of the things that was really important to me was you know being able to put together this really great lineup and people wanting to attend the festival on the lineup, the basis of the lineup alone. Yeah. And they just happen to be female fronted acts. So yeah, I think and I think that that was important to a lot of the acts that were on the bill as well that, you know, one of the reasons why they probably agreed to perform at the festival is because we weren't selling it wasn't a selling point was the gender of, of course, these artists. Yeah. It was their talent. Yeah, I mean, taking the gender out of it is is so important because, you know, for so long and, you know, on this show in particular, we we talk to, you know, athletes, business people, you know, people from all different aspects of, of life and careers. And, you know, one of the things actually, if we were to look at athletes in particular, one of the things that really <laughs> ticks athletes off is, you know, the fact that they're mm-hmm. called female athletes. And this is just one of the things that they are fighting against all the time because it's you know it's just the classic gendered situation whereby you know male athletes aren't always called male athletes and you know male businessmen aren't always called male businessmen so the whole point of we've only just begun is the fact that you were taking the gender away and basing it off of the talent of the artist which is so crucial now what I was talking about earlier you know we had Linda Coogan on which is the why not her campaign now this is a very dedicated campaign to get more female artists recognized on Irish airplay on radio stations, mm-hmm. which is really crucial and really important. But the, mm-hmm. the fact that I was so kind of taken with your directory is that, well, actually, you know, I'm not going to put words into your mouth. Why don't you tell us about how you transitioned from <laughs> the festival into compiling this um, really, really important directory? Um, well, I guess it started um, 
in the UK by a lady called Vic Bain. Um, she created something similar called the F List mm-hmm. and she published that in February. And as soon as I saw it, I immediately started working on the Irish version of it. So it was even before the pandemic. It was something that I had kind of in the pipeline. I didn't know where it was going to fit. And then when the festival was postponed, it just made sense to link them up together. So, yeah, it's been an intense <laughs> few months to say the least putting this all together so it's a basically a free online directory um of all female and non-binary identifying musicians bands and djs who are either irish and abroad or artists who are based in ireland um so that's including north and south of ireland as mm-hmm. well so it's yeah i mean like from my experience of working in the music industry like outside of these different projects like my full-time role is um working in a record label Mm -hmm. so from my experience I do get a lot of um kind of people asking me through the work of we've only just begun oh who's like a new cool female like pop star or like who's a cool like new band so it's a great way for me because I kind of saw a gap in the market for something like this in the first place to actually just be able to direct people to the directory um and one of the things as well when I was building it that was really important to me to incorporate was a contact a direct contact to each artist so if you go on to the directory and you know you find an artist that you're really interested in and you might want to like you know talk about booking them for a show or whatever it is you can actually contact the artist directly so there'll either be an email address for themselves or their management or there'll be a phone number there'll also be like a website or a social media account as well so they can go if they see an artist that they're like hmm, I actually have never heard that artist before I want to listen to them they can go they can find their music they can contact them for professional opportunities so yeah it's it's basically a one-stop shop um for musicians in Ireland and uh, now that it's launched we're already kind of working on uh, incorporating the industry side of yeah. music so it's going to be rolled out across you know we're going to include managers tour managers sound engineers producers so again it's just going to be covering the whole music industry you'll see you know how many women are involved in the music industry and be able to seek them out find new artists give them professional opportunities and I feel like Shauna you know is a, is a part of this about accountability as well you know because obviously I was speaking, you know, earlier about the uh, Why Not Her campaign. And, you know, I mentioned Mm -hmm. to Linda how frustrating it is that there always has to be a campaign and we always have to be kind of fighting for this equality across Mm -hmm. loads of different industries. I feel like for this and the fact that you're kind of tackling loads of different aspects within the industry, you know, I'm presuming that this is going to expand to publishing companies as well as radio Mm -hmm. programmers and producers and promoters. And I'm presuming that this is about the accountability of you can never say well I didn't know that there was a female DJ available in this part of the country (laughs) or I didn't know that there was this incredible band playing here and I didn't know what their Instagram handle was so this is about actual exposure you know so that we can get more of these artists out there I'm presuming right absolutely and you know that was something that it was part of the kind of objectives of the festival as well it was if festival bookers are saying, oh, well, we can't find any female artists in Ireland, you know, and then I like created an entire weekend full of female artists that sold, yeah. it sold out last year. So, you know, there is a demand to see these artists. They are active artists. They are all releasing music. So there's kind of 
with the festival, I created something like that in that, you know, here is almost, if you just look at the lineup, you can see a full festival of artists. So it's a similar thing with the directory. You know, when people are saying, I can't find artists, I want to find new artists, where are they? It's just an easy an easy tool um and as you said i did it for mostly the music industry um coming from that side of things of anyway you know for managers um seeking out new artists i get a lot of, um a lot of people coming to me as well being like are there any like you know female art acts that are looking for management um you know radio programmers bookers agents record companies publishers it's like an industry tool that they can find um, active artists and they can contact them straight away so again it is it's like an accountability thing yeah. but we just wanted to create a simple resource mm. you know so that it's it's just easy everything is there in one place I know and it really is and we're gonna leave all the details below in the description box for people who want to go and presumably artists themselves can you know fill out a form and, and kind of yeah. apply essentially to become a part of this directory as well but I suppose kind of coming back to the festival and how you've been running that and I know you know this would have been the, the third outing for it have you yourself you know being behind that and being the director of that festival are you starting to see a change in the community because of things like we've only just begun um it's so tricky um there is a change, definitely. And I think that there's so many, like, you know, great organisations out there and so many initiatives, not just in Ireland, like, especially in the UK that are kind of spilling over into Ireland and Northern Ireland. But, I mean, it's not changing fast enough Yeah, is is the point of it. Um, you know, festival lineups are kind of committing. They There's this organisation called Key Change mm-hmm. um, where they sign festivals up to commit a pledge that their festival will have a 50-50 gender equal lineup by, I think it's 2022. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think they have 300 or 400 festivals globally that have committed to this pledge, which I think is an amazing initiative. You know, it's kind of, as you said, it's making them accountable. Mm. It's kind of they're, they're putting their money where their mouth is. Um, but I think it's just it's not changing quick enough. If you look at um, there is a great website called Book More Women mm-hmm. um, and they go through. It's actually based in the US, but they do some breakdowns of UK lineups and they go through all the lineups of festivals that, you know, they take away all the male bands. You've seen probably seen the posters on social yeah. media where they take away the male bands and it's left with female bands. But they actually break down the percentage and they include the percentage year by year. So you can see, you know, how a festival has progressed in their gender equality on their lineups since last year. And most of them now, with the exception of a few like Primavera or Glastonbury, you know, that they're close to or have reached 50% gender equal on their lineup. Um, But most of other festivals are only kind of progressing at like 2% or 5% increase per year. And if it keeps continuing on at that level, it'll, I think I I calculated for Reading and Leeds, if they continued on the trajectory that they are with their progress of percentage, it would be 2048 by the time it will be 50-50 gender split. That is grim, Shauna. (laughs) Yeah. 
I know, I'm sorry, as if we don't have enough negativity in our lives. But the thing is, is that it's really good to kind of almost just get those facts out there so that people can can understand it. And I'm on on the directory at the moment. We've only just begun .ie. And I have to say, like, a credit to you and to the people who helped you you compile this because it's... It's incredible and it's actually really nice as well. Like visually, you know, it's all alphabetical. And like you said, you've got your Facebook, your Instagram, you've got a SoundCloud yeah. link, you've got Spotify, Twitter. I mean, it's all it's all there. YouTube, there's so many ways in which to reach all of these incredible Absolutely. artists. And it's also a really nice resource to showcase how many published artists there are working out there at the moment on this island, you know? Completely. And, you know, like... One of the important things as well, like from an industry perspective, was that I included an option for people to detail their record label, their publishing company. Um, Because as well, the great thing about the directory is I kind of created all the profiles for the 600 or so artists. And then they actually have access to their own profiles, their individual logins. So you'll see like a lot of artists have already logged in um, they've updated their profile. They've added all their links, all their information. So the great thing about that is it will always be update up to date because the artists have access to their own profiles. And if they change over management or if they sign to a new record label, they can import that information so easily. So, yeah, I mean, that's what we wanted it to be. We wanted it to be really comprehensive and really up to date, a go to database. What a great resource for the artists themselves to be able to have this place to go. And, you know, hopefully now and, you know, this is kind of moving on to my next question is that, you know, what has the uptake been and kind of what level of interest have you been having from the kind of backstage scenario as in you know are you seeing traction are you seeing traffic are you seeing more uptake um but like what an incredible thing for these artists to be able to know that look if people are are looking they're gonna go and and find Mm -hmm. me you know Mm -hmm. absolutely and with you know the directory we have a section for musicians which mainly focuses on session musicians and musicians for hire so even if you know a band is looking for an artist to you know fill in for a gig or do recording or something they can go on to the directory they can see the session musicians who they've played with before and get in contact with them straight away so it's kind of a a collaboration tool as well for a lot of artists and you know some of the feedback since we've launched during the week is a lot of um, artists have said actually this is a really great way for me to connect with other artists who are doing something similar like similar style of music or something completely that I'm not used to out of my comfort zone and actually link up maybe work on a songwriting session or a recording session so yeah like it has what I um, envisioned as a tool for the industry it has evolved to become useful for so many different facets of the industry Absolutely. And I mean, there's a section as well for DJs, which is incredible. I'm looking at it now. There's club DJs, there's radio DJs, like it really is comprehensive. And I think that anybody who's in the industry or anybody who's looking to book or, you know, get in touch with people in the industry, this is this is kind of the place to go. So it's it's incredible to see this up and running a huge amount of work. Like you must be absolutely knackered, Sean, are you? Like you can hear my, <laughs> my voice is so hoarse. I bet you're like, it's not, not Corona, it's actually just. I bet you're like, oh my God, I have to go talk talk again. Somebody wants to talk to me. But you, I mean, it's a testament to you, but you you must be pretty knackered as well, though. (laughs) 
Yeah, like it has been intense. Honestly, if there wasn't a pandemic, I don't know that I would get this done. Um, just because you're given all this free time, you're not going yeah. out, you're not socialising, you don't have all these plans. I think as well, like the whole industry. Now, I've been extremely lucky in that I've kept my job in RubyWorks as a record label, but like everything has just become so much slower. There's a, a different pace of life. Yeah. So with kind of that extra time, I honestly don't think I would have gotten it done if there wasn't like a complete shutdown. So yeah, I, it's it's been um, good timing to say the least. Yeah. I think, well, this is it. And, you know, it's, it's lovely to hear those positive stories come out of, you know, a really grim situation like a global pandemic. And I think, you know, for the, for the music industry and obviously, you know, it's about keeping gender out of it, but at the same time, you know, this directory for female and non-binary identifying musicians is an incredible tool for them to have. Um, just for people who want to get in touch, obviously they can go on to we've only just begun dot IE um, and there's a contact for you as well, but I, I won't give that out because I know that you're tired. But if people want to go and find out more, they can get on to uh, get on to you guys through the website. Yeah. Isn't that right? And if, yeah, if they um, if they want to add their profile and they're not currently listed, there's, it's really user friendly. So they don't even need to get in touch with me, thankfully. So like, <laughs> but they can literally just click uh, add entry. Um, either you know whatever relevant page so if it's if they're a recording artist so if they've re- released original music if they're a session musician it would be under musicians and if they're a dj it'd be under dj page so literally just click add entry and you know it's a moderated profile so we can see all the entries and approve them but yeah i mean it's so easy to add a profile which is another brilliant aspect about it it really is it's really user-friendly as well and before i let you go shauna i just want to ask about the festival because obviously you know it was it was postponed for 2020 but um i would imagine you know when you get a second uh, are we going to see the return of the the actual weekend that we've only just begun as well because you know going into Absolutely. the third year uh tell us about how you guys are doing in terms of maybe planning is, is there any date or are you just kind of I mean, I suppose for the whole industry in terms of live music, Mm -hmm. it is just about sitting back and unfortunately waiting and seeing how this thing pans out, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, like, you know, as people keep saying, it's unprecedented. So there's no way of literally making any plans. Like, you know, there are gigs being announced and then they're being postponed and then they're announced again. Then, you know, so it's just it's such a um turbulent kind of time to be trying to make plans and you see a lot of gigs have been rescheduled for early next year like it's so hard to know what's going to happen but I guess you just kind of have to have the hope and have the faith that things will eventually return to normal so we just have to wait and see I mean you know we're a different kind of festival in that it's indoors you know it's intimate we're across an entire venue so Mm. we really rely on you know, a lot of people being in a compact space. So for something that's outside, it might be more viable um, to have a festival sooner rather than later. But we just don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But that's why we wanted to do something like this, you know, do an alternative project instead of sitting back and kind of hoping for the best. So we're still trucking on with... The, the main mission statement of We've Only Just Begun. Well, you definitely haven't sat back anyway. Shauna Watson of <laughs> We've Only Just Begun, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. No all the, all the details all. of how people can get in touch and can check this out are below. And yeah, we're really looking forward to the return of the festival. But I think you need you need a little staycation, Shauna. I feel like you need a little... Oh, on it, Nate. I'm on it. I'm <laughs> off this weekend. That's good. <laughs> it's been, it's been in, in the works for a long time. Amazing. So, yeah. Well, put the feet up 
and relax because you you surely deserve it. Shauna Watson, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Dave. So I want to thank both of my guests, Shauna Watson, who you just heard from there, and Linda Coogan as well. Just incredible insights into the music industry at the moment. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of work to do in terms of getting those female voices out there. Um, But I mean, Jesus, I'm knackered just listening to these women. They're working so hard. So really, really great to see as well. Now, finally, just before I go, I want to talk about our GWG Recommends this week. So this week, it's Louise O'Neill's new book, which has just been published. It's called After the Silence. It's out now and it is a page turner to say the least. Lads, if you're a true crime fan, then you literally have to look no further. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, though, because I'm literally like I want you to go out and to buy this book. It's no secret, of course, that we are big fans of Louise O'Neill's work around here at her. As an author, her previous novels have not only been bestsellers and award winning pieces of literature, but they've also sparked really important conversations across Ireland and beyond on matters such as consent as well as body image. These matters, as we know, need to be talked about in order to affect change. And Louise O'Neill herself is spearheading that through her work. So film and TV rights have already been optioned for some of her previous work, like Asking For It and Only Ever Yours. And we're completely certain that After the Silence is going to follow suit. So I'm not, like I said, going to give too much away, but I'll give you a snippet. So in a slight departure for O'Neill, she's delivered a thriller, which brings you behind the scenes of a true crime documentary. And it's in the process of being made within the book. So if you're a true crime documentary fan, then this is just completely fascinating. It's not a new subject matter, but what is fascinating about this book is that from the off, you feel like you have access to the full story. So it's like being granted a glimpse into the lives of every aspect of this one event, which is not giving too much away, a murder, but you'll know that by reading the back of the book. So you get to see from the filmmaker's perspective, from the wife of the accused, from the locals, it's set on an island. Unprecedented access is exactly what every true crime fan wants. And so this book is guaranteed to hold your attention. GWG recommends go out and buy it. Thank you so much for listening. We'll chat to you next week. <laughs>